Hi everyone, welcome to The Lab Report, a podcast that will show you the inner workings of the clinical lab through discussions, interviews, and stories. Most importantly, you will see what goes on behind the scenes in the clinical lab and how it can impact you. In the last episode of The Lab Report, you met the four co-creators of this podcast and heard from us about what you can expect from this podcast. Before we go into interviewing other chemists and delving into interesting stories of what goes on within the clinical laboratory in future episodes, today we are going to introduce you to what a clinical biochemist is and what role they play on the healthcare team. Lori, why don't you start us off by telling our listeners what a clinical biochemist is? The way that I will often talk about what clinical biochemists do is that we're responsible for the oversight, the interpretation, and the reporting of clinical chemistry testing. So this could be the chemicals in biological fluids like blood sugar or a pregnancy hormone. This involves providing a high quality and collaborative service. So you're kind of like a consultant sometimes. We also need to adapt to the needs of clinical teams in order to develop new testing to match new clinical need. And we also need to align practice with best evidence. We need to find best solutions for timely testing because sometimes it's really important to get the result as quickly as possible. And sometimes that means that we need to take it out of the traditional central laboratory. And if the test is good enough, we can maybe do it closer to the patient at the point of care. I totally agree with what Laurie says. I think another thing that I've realized is that all clinical biochemists have very different jobs depending on where you are. And I think that really falls in line with Laurie saying we're really there to also adapt to what the needs are of whichever lab we're working in, whether it's, you know, a lab in Nova Scotia or, you know, a big private lab like Dynacare or Dynalife, depending on where you are in Canada. Um, It's funny, I have trained myself to give a public version of this answer because so many people don't really understand what I do, including my family. Okay, I want to hear this. Yeah, so... (laughs) My, my go-to line is when people ask me what I do is like, you know, the lab where you measure your cholesterol or glucose, because those are the ones that people understand the most. And like, well, I'm one of the people that makes sure that that result is as accurate as possible when it gets back to you. And that's sort of the fundamental of my job is to be there to make sure that whatever we're spitting out as a lab is as accurate as it needs to be for you or your um, physician that's looking at the result. Um, but like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I like that. We, we do a, a 5k run whenever all of the chemists get together for a meeting and we call it blood, sweat, and tears. You make it, we measure it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good too. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and, and one thing that, that people don't realize is that um, there's a whole orchestra of events that happen uh, once the sample is collected from the patient. Uh, from shipping the sample to the laboratory um, to processing uh, the sample and running it on their instrument and then reporting the results. Uh, And so the clinical biochemist has his or her hands in the entire testing process from the patient preparation recommendations all the way to uh, the reporting and interpretation by the physician. And and we call the the three phases, the pre-analytical, analytical, analytical, and post-analytical phase, Uh, And all of those phases 
um, the clinical biochemists provide evidence-based recommendations to ensure a seamless transition from collection to reporting. Josh, I love how you use the word orchestra because I have to admit sometimes I feel like a conductor because we're not alone in doing this job, right? We're, we're calling in the collectors at the right time on their cue, and then we've got to call in the, the folks who are actually running the instrument on their cue, and then we've got informatics people that we rub shoulders with all the time. It's one of the things I love about the job is being able to work with so many people who are talented in so many diverse areas. And we're all doing it for the same common goal, which is the health of our patients. It's so important that, that clinical biochemists are at the forefront of uh, technology innovation. And we work also not only closely with our physician and clinical colleagues, but we also work very closely with our industry colleagues as well uh, to understand what the latest, greatest instrument, what the latest, greatest technology is. Uh, is there a piece of software that could um, streamline and ensure faster result turnover? So working with our industry uh, representatives is as important um, as working with our clinical teams. And one important way I like to say about a clinical biochemist is, is that we're really trained to be experts in blood testing. And I know clinicians are trained to be experts in actually diagnosing and treating diseases, but we're specifically looking at those blood testing and we're acting really as a li liaison between the clinical lab and clinicians, as well as so many other people, as Lori mentioned. And this can stem from discussing kind of what blood tests should even be offered at your institution. When should these blood tests be ordered? Um, when a result doesn't fit the clinical picture, it's really up to the biochemist to try to lead those investigations. How is the actual um, blood test analyte or the, the substance that you're measuring, how is it being measured and what method should it be used and, and how should it really be interpreted? So um, as Josh mentioned, we really do look at the entire um, total testing process and we're answering questions very broadly across that um, spectrum. One of the major roles that I, that I have um, in my job is to work very closely with physicians who um, often come to me with results that don't make sense. Um, and so one example just um, yesterday for, uh, as an example, uh, was uh, a thyroid uh, function test, uh, a hormone that's measured to assess thyroid, um, the thyroid gland. And the, um, the physician didn't suspect any thyroid abnormalities in this patient. The thyroid scan looked good. Uh, there were no signs or symptoms that would, that, uh, would be consistent with the, the results. Uh, and so the, the physician called me and, and asked, could you look into this result? Uh, is it is it a true accurate result? And so then we go back in our laboratory and we conduct a, a whole series of investigations uh, to make sure and confirm if that result is reliable. And sure enough, uh, when we tested the sample on another um, machine, we actually got a completely different result. The result was normal, not abnormal like in the originally reported results. And it turns out that there was uh, an interference in that sample that was causing the falsely elevated result, which could be misinterpreted by the physician and lead to potentially inappropriate diagnosis if the physician didn't, um, wasn't careful enough in, in the interpretation. So the clinical biochemist provides an important role in helping not only interpret these results, uh, but also helping the physicians 
um, to understand if it was in fact a, a true result or a false result as well. And if you didn't know too much about thyroid testing and some of the different terms that Josh was using, if you keep listening to the podcast, these get unpacked. Right now I'm getting the um, I Love Lucy scene. I think everyone knows that one where they are just completely overwhelmed. Yeah, <laughs> they could screw up the conveyor belt. Now, the point of what we do, uh, and not just us, but like the whole um, medical laboratory team in hospitals, is that we make sure that from the start of that conveyor belt to the end, we are making sure that when that product finally goes out, we're trying to ensure that it is as good as possible. Uh, but obviously, mistakes are always going to be made, right? Because there's always going to be human error instruments are never perfect. And so we're also there to try to hopefully catch them. But if we don't catch them, you know, we get feedback from clinicians and patients. And we try to say, did we miss something this time? So is there something we can do better this time to improve our conveyor belt process? And if you think about all the little micro steps in between, you know, putting that first raw material on the conveyor belt all the way to the finished product. There's so many little things that you can get involved in and so many different aspects for you to say, you know, I'm really interested in making this part of the process better. So I sort of want to focus on this, even though we want to make sure the whole thing is um, good at the end of the day. Oh yeah, Felix, I've seen that one. Is is that the one where they're trying to make chocolates and the conveyor belt is just going too fast and faster and faster so they start eating them and then it keeps going too fast so then they're putting them in their pockets and they're eating more of them and and it's it's hilarious by the end. That's the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's exactly the scene, Lori. I think one important part of our job that has um, started evolving and obviously ties into why us four wanted to do this podcast is that the biochemists or the clinical biochemists should also advocate for physicians and patients or quote unquote end users of our lab tests to know more about their own lab testing, right? And the ins and outs and, you know, we don't need you to understand to the depth and detail that we do, but, you know, it's really important that we constantly get feedback because, you know, even with um, the example of your hemoglobin A1C, Lori, or the thyroid hormone, Josh, you know, it's really important that we also ask our clinicians and our patients who use our services that if they think something went wrong, it's really important that they tell it back to us because it's very hard for us to catch everything. And ultimately the biggest impact is at the end when someone looks at that result and interprets it. And so in this podcast, and as well as in our job, I think we've found that, you know, increasing educational awareness of basic lab issues is also really important part of our job as well. And maybe, you know, back then a few decades ago, it wasn't, but I, I think we are now finding that it is really essential to our job as well. What this podcast is trying to do is uh, open the blinds on the window and let the light into the laboratory. I don't think the lab is, is no longer um, a dark, dingy, damp uh, location in the basement of a hospital. It's now, we're now at the table um, as an important healthcare provider with your physician to make decisions for your health. And so what we want to do with this podcast uh, is shine a light on lab medicine um, and to make sure that, uh, that uh, it is appreciated and understood a little bit more than the numbers on a piece of paper. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lab Report. We hope you are able to learn more about the role of a clinical biochemist within the healthcare team. 
If you have any feedback or suggestions for future topics for us to cover, please email us at epoc or epocc at cscc.ca. See you in the next episode.